So once again this week, we're talking about John the Baptist. Now, in last week's gospel, John declared that he was not the light, but that he came to testify to the light. And this week, that's exactly what he does. We're still in the first chapter of the gospel according to John, which is the newest of the four gospels. And here it is. Here is the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. In John, there's no nativity story. No waiting for Jesus to tell the woman at the well who he is. No chapters of development leading up to Jesus being declared the Messiah. And no crucifixion story. It's just bam. Here he is. That pronouncement was John's job, and he wastes no time about it. But immediately we have the calling of Andrew, sometimes known as Andrew, Simon Peter's brother. Are any of you a younger sibling? Okay. You ever been referred to as something like this? Oh, here's Lisa. She's Simon's sister. As if our whole identity is wrapped up in our relatives. Andrew's importance, of course, is that he calls Peter to come along with him. Come, we have found the Messiah. Good old, very human Peter, who stumbles and misspeaks, but is the foundation on whom the church is founded, which is good news for bumblers and stumblers like me. A lot of times our lectionary readings carry through a particular theme and no more and nowhere is that more true than in our lectionary readings. The theme that carries through all our readings today is the notion of being called. And our 830 hymns, all of them did that. In Isaiah, I will give you a light to the nations that my salvation may reach to the ends of the earth. In the psalm, I proclaimed righteousness in the great congregation. Behold, I did not restrain my lips. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your deliverance. I have not concealed your love and faithfulness from the great congregation. The epistle. Christ has been strengthened among you so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift. We are not lacking in any spiritual gift. In the gospel, we find the words, come and see, an invitation to discipleship. Andrew and Simon were called to be disciples, just as we are called to be disciples. They were called to be disciples in their place and in their time for the sake of their generation. And so are we. 
The theme of vocation is throughout scripture, beginning in Genesis when God calls the creatures into existence. Second Timothy says God has called us with a holy calling. In Second Thessalonians, for he has willed you to share the glory of Christ Jesus, our Lord. James Leggett has said, we are called to be disciples. Each of us. That call comes with our baptism. And that call to relationship and ministry will haunt us and track us down. It will trouble our sleep. It will whisper in our ears at the worst possible times. At times it may seem to go away, but it always comes back. Because finally, it's the Lord calling us to himself. It's his call to life, to joy, and to true peace. It's a call to all of us. And it does, as he says, come with our baptism. Last week, we all renewed our baptismal covenant. We said we would proclaim by word and example the good news of God in Christ. That we would seek and serve Christ in all persons, loving our neighbors as ourselves. We promised to strive for justice and peace among all people and respect the dignity of every human being. That's a call, several of them, and they could seem daunting at times. Suzanne said last week, what is the path you are being called to follow? We are called, but how do we establish what path it is that we need to follow, and how do we follow it? Many of us can describe calls that came to us in sometimes odd ways. The beginning of one of mine came when I was preaching at St. Anne's Jacksonville, and a woman came down from the choir loft and said, the choir took a vote. We think you should be ordained as a deacon. And of course, my response was to laugh. That same woman who was no longer with us carried the St. Anne's banner in front of me in my ordination procession as Jane Merritt carried the Christ Church banner behind me. There was a lot of discernment and prayer between those two events, including times of discouragement and doubt and the temptation to throw my coursework out the window. But here I am. We're all called, not necessarily to be clergy or vestry members or to lead a big ministry. The hymn, which we sometimes refer to as the deacon's hymn, says that we will hold God's people in our heart, to which I would add, and through our work. So how do you discern the path you're being called to follow? Develop a relationship with Jesus. Listen to the sometimes still small voice of the Holy Spirit. 
listen to those around you and assess your spiritual gifts, your special skills, and with guidance, and perhaps you will see where you can use those gifts. Now, how many of you are familiar with a spiritual inventory? Okay, what that is, is a place where you inventory some of the gifts that you have. And there are a bunch online. There's one I like in hard copy from the United Methodist Church. And if you want to do that one, and it's self-scoring, it's on this table right outside the doors. Now, it confused me at first. Because the lower numbers are the stronger, and the higher numbers are the less strong. Also, I can send you a link, as can John Steady, to the spiritual gifts inventory used in the stewardship campaign a few years ago. And if John's numbers are correct, I think five of you took it. And the good thing about it is that it even points to the Christ Church ministries, which are appropriate to your special gifts. And you are special. There is something out there that is calling you where you can make a difference. Make no mistake about it. You are called. The hymn says, here I am, Lord. Is it I, Lord? I have heard you calling in the night. I will go, Lord, where you lead me all together now. I will hold your heel in my Let us stand in 